The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a front to the back episode of Radioactive Metal. Uh, I'm Snowy White. Oh, this is episode 770, and I'm Snowy White. Sorry, this is Aaron. That's all right. It's all right. You know, eventually we'll get there. It's okay. Um, And this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Head out there, get on the mailing list, possess yourself a cup of coffee. It's the hottest, blackest, most metal coffee that's out there, and it's made by metalheads for metalheads. This isn't some giant corporate coffee. This is small batch, small small batch beanery. Like, like yeah, what's what, what kind of nonsense can we make up tonight? Uh, so a small batch beanery. Uh, there we go. Where you know metalheads personally summon the coffee demons to bring you the freshest cup of coffee. Like it's, it is so fresh you will taste the brimstone from the freshly summoned demon. That's uh-huh. how fresh this coffee is. All right, <laughs> but seriously, go out to the website, get on the mailing list at the very least, because um, there's always new stuff going on. Right. So try the coffee that they have. Their standard flavors are fantastic, but they do collaborations. They might do a collaboration with your favorite band and you don't want to miss Mm -hmm. it. So, Mm -hmm. oh, and actually, since Valentine's Day is coming up, they tend to do something special for Valentine's Day. So do you remember the 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 year that they had the dick and vagina mucks for Valentine's Day? (laughs) There we are. Yeah. And, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, guys. It like, you know, for anyone who wasn't around for that era, it wasn't like just, you know, l- like they're going out and like snipping a penis off some porno or something like that. There's a local artist in their area that actually did the art, like drew the penis, drew the vagina. And there there's a lot of, you know, hand work that went into this, right? This was like a fine mm. art piece, believe it or not. Um, but it's also true called coffee and they've got a sense of humor and you could get his and hers, hers and hers and his and his mugs. 
you know, they, they pair them however you want it. Like that's, that's, that's the right. best part. So it's super cool. Don't miss out mm-hmm. on those kinds of things. Cause they're, like I said, they're always brewing something up pun intended. All right. Snowman, what's going yeah. on? Well, I, myself, I've got some, uh, and, uh, Cold brew, true cavalts going here in my uh, oversized. Uh, did, did did you ever watch the uh, TV show Charmed? Yes. You know what I speak? Yeah, we have yeah. a really nice from uh, from Spirit every year. Like we have so many mugs. Okay, not just band, you know, regular, but every year Spirit has a new line of uh, of the new oversized ones. And I, we always buy at least three of those every year because you know there's cool Texas chainsaw. Um, it's just a lot of space in the shelves, dude. Like like (laughs) we have now, we have so many mugs that we have to like rotate them in and out. We have mugs in the garage, and we've even gotten rid of tons of mugs with with you know the the recent move and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. know I say recent within the last year, but I mean like it's. It, it, it's it's been who it's it's been a journey just to try to keep the stuff that we have and we're always running out of space and like we mm-hmm. try not to get the oversized anymore because it takes up so much space and that's why i'm like how do you even how do you even keep them how are you doing it <laughs> you know you said charmed are you enchanting your cabinet so they automatically expand <laughs> yeah i wish I wish that's what I need. I don't know. I think what we're eventually going to have to do, because like, yeah, we had to get rid of a lot of like just plain old boring, ordinary mugs that were given to us throughout the years and all that. We've had to get rid of some of them to keep the fine. Right. Because we need room for the fun ones. My basically my goal. Okay. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do this, but I want, everything to be what i call fun okay mugs towels all of my shirts except i guess maybe my work shirts all my socks okay um just everything that you can put a band logo a star wars logo a superhero on everything what the goal is 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 to have the house riddled with that. Do you guys <laughs> you have know? like one of the little home barista kind of machines? Home brewery, like well, no, like, like you know, ever you seen like those little coffee machines? It's like a portable Starbucks where you can do like the espresso and and all that crazy stuff and steam mm, stuff. No. No. I was just curious because I mean, with that amount of mugs, and you guys had the library and stuff, I'm, I was curious if if you've gone that far yet. No, 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 we're we're good with with what we have. But yeah, I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned the library. It's almost done. Our longtime listeners will know that. Unfortunately, we had a um, we have a spare room now, so we decided we were just going to turn it into a reading room you know a library line the walls with uh with shelves a couple chairs you know a cushion for the cat to sit on and no tv no stereo the only thing the only beverage coffee maybe some whiskey and we just sit and read together that's that's the goal and we're just we're basically we're just looking at a cool uh, throw rug to put in the middle of the 
of the floor and we need two uh two armchairs and the and the library is done and you know i'm gonna decorate it you know with some banners or some cool posters and but yeah almost done almost done i can't wait to take some pictures and get it up on the uh on not only on my facebook but on the radioactive metal facebook as well we'll We'll do all that. So yeah, we're 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 looking forward to it. Now, to make it a real library, you need to have a hidden passageway behind a bookcase. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think you need. To uh, do what's that. with love? What's with the candlestick here? What's going on here? What's <laughs> pull it? Pull it! Watch. <laughs> what? <laughs> like I know Mrs. Snowy is a Harry Potter fan. She would love it, dude. Mm-hmm. She'll be all about it if you put in a hidden passage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, we're uh, looking forward to it. Before we kind of get on with the grunt here, as my dad would say, just last week, okay, um, Wednesday, a couple days after we sat down and recorded the last episode. All Elite Wrestling was in Charleston recording their uh, Dynamite program. Yeah, and um, my buddy Aiden, who I've mentioned on the show before, he was there. He was there. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. Like, I was going to ask you, like, did you actually, did you sit down? Like, I know this isn't your thing, but I thought maybe you might have been curious just to see what's going on since it was, you know, in your barn. I am definitely curious, but now I haven't made it down to anything like that yet. No, no, couldn't, good, good, couldn't be bothered. It looked like, cause like I think we we're talking off air. If um, how many people that the North Charleston Arena or whatever it was, it's called, how many people it holds, and you said it was sold out for Kiss and. Uh, yes, it's not that big. Like it's, it, it's funny, dude, because I had um, I had a buddy at work who like took his kids to see like you know like the monster jam monster truck thing right and he's like man it's louder than i remember those things being and i hadn't been to the arena yet and then i went to the arena i'm like oh well, that's why it's louder because i think one of the first things i saw there was a um it was a stingrays game or minor league hockey okay. um, and i'm like oh this is a tiny arena like it's really tiny like those trucks are gonna be crazy loud in here Oh, definitely. So yeah, I mean it's, I mean it's it's still an arena, like, but it's it's not Mm -hmm. you know like the massive arenas like like what I grew up with in Pittsburgh, you know. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And overall, the show was a lot of fun, and I'm glad your uh, buddy made his way out to it. Um, Do you have anything else, or do you want to you want to get rocking and rolling here? No, okay. Let's we're gonna get on with it. For the good folks at a true Cavalt Coffee in this week's mandatory metal segment, uh, February 9th, courtesy of the good folks at Dark Dark Descends Records, the new Spectral Voice record drops. Sparagamos. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, and, you know, I've got a whole bunch of black metal fans, you know, yelling at me right now to get that shit right but um we're gonna we're gonna get it right by dropping a track from it from the red feasts 
condensed into one. This is Spectral Voice on Mandatory Metal, courtesy of the good folks at True Caval Coffee.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, man, what's going on? That's a great question. I honestly forgot. I didn't. I didn't. It's not supposed to be a stumper. It is a stumper. It really is. <laughs> okay. I'm, pull, I'm pulling up my notes. So, well, I'll tell you, so, to talk about this, because I'm going to talk about this. Um, you know how, like, when a rock star passes away and you have people on different sides of the fence where they're, you know, some people are just like, oh, man, what a loss. Like, I can't believe we lost this guy. Like, wow. And then others like, you didn't know. Him. What are you worried about? Blah, 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 blah. You know, that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so the organist at my church passed away right around Christmas. Oh, sorry. And well, thank you. And um, he, like, like I talked to him maybe three times the entire time he was there. Um, okay. And if I talked to him, it was just like, dude, loved the music today, that kind of stuff, you know. Right. And but it was a thing where you know we're there every Sunday, and you know, and other days, and he's always playing until he got sick you know and um and it was just like i i'm truly a big fan of his music i mean he he was you know studied organ he could really play the thing it was just a blast you know and even though i'd only talked to him three times in my life barely interacted with him i still Mm -hmm. interacted with him on a different level every single day and you know i i was really hit hard when he passed i'm like oh man like it, it was just so so sad and it was because like you know the music that he made just touched me every week and it, that's when it hit me it's like well you know what that's what's going on when like lemmy passes and we're all sad people are like oh well, you never even knew him I'm like you're right i i never met him but i probably heard his voice for as many hours as i've heard other people's voices you know, right. I probably heard his voice more than some of my coworkers' voices. You know, because you mm-hmm. know we internalize that music. So uh, that was just one of those interesting, like revelations I had, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I, I totally agree with you. And you know, the, for 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 the critics, you know, or those people that go, "Oh, you didn't know him." Okay, yeah, you don't. But you, you're still bummed that he's gone. I mean, when Lemmy, when Lemmy passed away, I never cried. Okay, that when was very Bob, sad, though. You know, of course, yeah, you're you're sad and you're mourning and you're playing Motorhead and you're talking to, you know, your buddies about him and you're having a drink to a Motorhead song, you know. But yeah, I think so. Let. Let people mourn. Like I see this all the time on on Facebook, and I kind of agree. Like when you know when Prince passed away and these people were mourning, it's like okay, but I would never go online and go, yeah, you didn't even know him. You know, like let people be people. Let people be themselves. You know, that's that's one of the problems with with uh, you know. Everyone, you know, well, just on the interwebs in general, you know, yeah. like there's there's always no matter what you do, no no matter what you say, there's always someone out there that's going to be taking you to task. Dude, it, it's so <laughs> yeah. funny you say that. Um, 
Are you familiar with Joe Bonamassa? Uh, he's a... Ah, uh, shit, he's a bassist, right? No, nah, he's a blues guitarist. Oh, okay. And no, then... He, he's one of those guys on paper, I should be his biggest fan. Um, okay. But... Uh, j- just because, like, he's a he's a massive gu- guitar collector, like, massive guitar nerd. Like, you know how I've gone on and on about my bass that I picked up, and I was all excited because I got it at a great price for what it is. Like, you know, when I say stuff like that, we're talking he's buying, like, half-million-dollar guitars, you know? Oh, Jesus. You know, okay. but it's like a 1956 Gibson Les Paul Gold Top or whatever. whatever. Like, he really knows his stuff, right? And... Mm-hmm. um. So, you know, over the years, you hear people give him crap all the time. And he said some very controversial stuff, kind of like Gene Simmons and the rock and roll thing. I'm like, man, what's going on there? You know, and so Dean Del Rey has him on. And we've talked about Dean Del Rey on this show. Like, I I love Dean Mm -hmm. Del Rey. I think he is one of the greatest interviewers out there, not to mention the fact that he's a hell of a singer and a really funny comedian, you know? So mm-hmm. Dean's got him on. I'm like, okay, if Dean's got this guy on, I'm going to see the real, the real guy. Right. Because when you get Dean on, you, you peel the curtain back and, and you see, you see really who that guest is. Right. Dean, Dean gets through that veil. And to prove this, you know, everybody has said that Ingve Malmstein is a raging prick that doesn't want to, cooperate in interviews um it's ingve is the only guest that dean couldn't get to open up i'm like well that proves to me that ingve is a raging prick because dean can yeah, yeah. Or, you know, open up right <laughs> so uh-huh. anyway he's got he's got joe bonamassa on and they're talking about all this sort of stuff and they're talking about the collections and he's like listen he's like um you know, like never be afraid to ask for help. Like if you're making your first vintage purchase, he's like, find somebody, go ask somebody. He's like, because if, if the deal is that good on a vintage guitar, it's probably too good. Cause there's really no deals out there on these. Right. And, and when yeah. he says that he's talking like these guitars from the fifties, like, you know, first run Gibsons and fenders that are like, Holy grail. There were only 200 ever made. And, wow. you know, and you're, you're finding one. And so it's going to be a great price. Like, like when I say great price, I mean like a high price in this case. So like, if you're finding a deal on it, we're like, Whoa, I can't believe it's that cheap. Chances are it's a fake, you know? And he's even said, he's like, he's like, there are fakes out there that fool me now because they've gotten so good, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's talking about that. And then he's also talking about the people that troll him because, he collects this stuff. And then this is what I appreciate, right? So we've talked about um, Kirk on this show. And we talked about how Kirk collects all this horror art. And mm-hmm. he even said, he's like, listen, there's a lot of collectors where you don't even know the stuff exists. Once it gets to their vaults, it never sees the light of day again. And Kirk's like, no, I, I can't do that, right? Yeah, no, you got to share it with the yeah. world. Even and, if- and that's what Kirk does. Like he's taking yeah. it everywhere he can to share it with all of us. And, you know, I, I'm quite thankful for that because it really reinvigorated my, you know, my love of this kind of art and I've redecorated my room and stuff, you know, and 
like even Kirk, like Kirk bought Peter Green's Les Paul, which is another one of those Holy Grail Les Pauls. And I, I, I can't even remember the price on it, but everybody's like, whoa, Kirk has Greeny. I can't believe he has Greeny. And, uh, you know, they're making replicas of it, all that sort of stuff. Well, not only does he own it, dude, he played it when, you know, when we saw the Texas show. Like, oh, he, wow. he played that okay. guitar, right? So it's not like this guitar gets, you know, put away, never touch. No, like, no, you can't breathe on this. Like, he's taking this guitar on the road. You know, he's playing it because mm. it's meant to be played. Like, that's what these guitars were created for, right? And if the guitar is actually worth the money they're paying for it, and it's because it plays well, it's because somebody played it, you know, which is what I told you about mine. Like, my bass where, you know, the vintage collectors are going to turn their nose at it, you know, and like I did, honestly, at first. And then when it hit me, I'm like, no, but this thing plays like this has the music in it. Well, then it's totally worth it. Right. It was totally worth it, the price I played. Because I was telling my wife, like all these crazy things. She's like, the more you talk about this, I'm worried it was a lemon. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I, I knew it was it was weird going in. I said, but no. I said, it's not a lemon and it's never going to be a lemon because this sucker plays. Like, it's got the sound. It's got the feel like it plays, right? So, taking that forward, you know, Joe Bonamassa has these super crazy expensive guitars. Takes them on the road with him so everybody can see them, so they can hear them, so they can experience it, right? He's He makes it part of that community thing. And... It, it's funny, you know, like making the point back to the trolls is like, he's like, every time I buy a guitar, he's like, somebody's like, oh, another guitar for the vault. Nobody's ever going to see the light of day. You should let somebody else buy it. So, um, so, so, you know, people could actually hear this thing played. It could get played. And he's like, guys, one, I play them. I take them on mm -hmm. the road. You know, two, the reason the family contacted me to buy this particular guitar is because they know I'm a collector and they know I'll pay them a fair price. And, and he said, he's like, then here's the other thing I always do. I always offer to let the person buy it from me. He's like, always. Ah. He's like, you know how many people have taken me up on it? None. Yeah. Not a single one. <laughs> so <laughs> I bring that up because, you know, somebody, um, one of the guitar podcasts or news outlets or whatever, picked, picked up that interview and they're like, hey, check this out. Uh, Joe's saying this, like, oh, Joe, you're wrong. I find deals all the time. I'm like, you didn't even listen to the interview. You're exactly the kind of person that Joe's talking about makes fun of in there. And I'm like, and, and that makes it even funnier, right? It makes it even funnier to me when he's that hyper aware of the haters. And it's just like, <laughs> yep, middle finger straight up. Uh, that's okay. You know? That's it, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that, so that, um, but then check this out. So did you know Metallica had a marching band contest? A marching band contest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have the email. I haven't even got to watch the video, but they had like a winner of the marching band contest. Apparently these marching bands played Metallica songs. Okay. Dude, wow. that just makes my day. And this ties mm -hmm. back to what we said before about like, you know, the symphony of Metallica, about the fact that if they're writing good songs, they can be translated to various platforms. And I mean, a marching band really makes sense, you know, because you, you get a good marching band. There's a lot of power there behind that. But yeah. Yeah. And really, I think that's it this week. I don't think there's really anything else going on. 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. This is see when 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 you were talking about these holy grail guitars and all that. Yeah. What what's going through my head is like, okay, this is why I have to win like the sixty million dollar lottery. You know, I don't need, you know, a fancy sports car. Like I have no one to impress with with that. I don't need a fancy house. There's just the two of us. But I wanted. I would love to do stuff like like I have so many friends in the local scene. Okay, that are in bands. You know, and friends all over the world that are in are in bands and all that, and just like, okay, dude, let's go. We're going to the record shop. I'll buy you whatever guitar you want. Doesn't matter. You know, like that's yeah, that's life goals, I guess. Well, see, it's <laughs> funny because um, the kids and I were talking about guitars and collecting, and I can't remember what how it came up. Where the kid said, I just looked at him. I said, guys, I said. If we were millionaires, I would have an entire room in this house that was nothing but guitars. But guitars, yeah. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Like in a heartbeat. I'm like, I, I don't think I you understand how much I really love these guitars, you know. And mm. and I, I'm with you, like, on the, the lottery thing. You know, like, obviously, <laughs> you know, I the, the priorities are like, you know, house, college tuitions, that, that kind of thing. But, man, something I would love to do would be to have some sort of theater and art center. Um, even if it's expanding on like the theater that we have in town where ah. you can have performances and make it for theater groups. So it's, it's reasonable so they can come in and do original things, you know, perform it. And, right. but, but not just like, you know, like theater actor theaters, like let's bring in bands Let's have a recording studio and, and make it, you know, reasonable for, for these kids to, to try this stuff. Let's have have people here that know how to run these things, you know. So, yeah, yeah. that's the kind of stuff and I do. And if it doesn't bring any income in, who cares? It's a, a vanity project because you won the lottery. Well, know? exactly. Right. And, you know, you'd figure out a way to, to set it up so it's a nonprofit and whatever. But... You know, it'd probably be a lot of fundraising at some point, but that's the kind of thing where it's just, you know, like, I, I, like I tell this to Aiden all the time, um, because because I'm always on him. Like I'm like, come on, man, like like you know, let's practice. How can I help? And I th I think I told you like he, he wants to modify one of his guitars to be like one of Tom DeLonge's guitars because he just loves Tom DeLonge. He's like, well, I've seen other people do it. Would it be hard? And I've already like I'm I'm buying the equipment to help him do it. I'm like, hang on, we're gonna get a router, we're gonna get some templates, and you know, when I did this one, I'm like, okay, I'm totally ready for guitar. When do you want to do it? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like come on, let, let's let's build this together. Like it's just, you know, especially like like at this age, like I remember what it's like to be a young musician, and man, it's it's not easy. You're you're not making a lot of money. And I mean, heck, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's some musicians my age that still aren't making a lot of money. And you do it because you yeah. love it. So I like to try to help out and pay things forward and, you know, help the young kids really just enjoy music. You're a good man. You're a good man. Yeah. yeah. Um, for myself, for my metal fix, um, actually, you were going to really dig this because first and foremost... I found, like, last episode, you mentioned the Kathleen Hanna documentary, The Punk Singer. Oh, yeah. Did you watch it? 
I, well, I went, scoured YouTube looking, or um, Tubi looking for it. No dice. Oh, okay. that's right, because they were just removing it when I was finished watching it. I'm sorry. I uh, had the warning okay. pop up. I am so sorry. Yeah, they just well, were, were pulling it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, um, that was a well, total tease I, for you. <laughs> I did search it, you know, for the the rest of the Roku channels and all that. Nothing came up. So, last resort, let me check out YouTube. Oh, boom. Sure enough. Right on, right on. So, yeah, yeah, I gave um, I gave the punk singer a viewing. Thank you so much for bringing it to my attention. I really, um, I really dug it. Of course, being you know, a fan of a lot of the the old Riot Girl bands and appreciating what it stands for and every everything. It was definitely a uh, moment in time that uh, I'll never forget, and it gave us a lot of really good, uh, a lot of really uh, good uh, music. Some of the Talking Heads, I re- I really enjoyed, and just overall, I think it's really. A uh, it's a documentary. I think everyone should uh, if like if you're into aggressive music, you definitely should uh, give it a a spin. I particularly because she's still married to uh, uh, what's his name now from the Beastie Boys, um, King Adrock. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's she said like here's here's this guy. You know, in the early career of the Beastie Boys, they had all these sexist lyrics and all that. And here I am, I'm the, you know, the all the ultimate feminist, and I end up marrying this guy. But that you was really the great don't... part. I love that. Yeah, yeah, because she said you don't choose who you fall in love with. Yeah. No? Yeah, I, th- I thought that was really cool, and because he was coming off a relationship when he met her and 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 and, you know that also ties back to was it was it an interview or was it in the bc boys no i think it was in that bc boys presentation that they did for on it was on apple tv where you know people called him hypocrites and he's like i'd rather be a hypocrite than be the same person the rest of my life Mm-hmm. You know, where, where he talks mm-hmm. about that growth and it's very interesting to see his growth you know and, and her growth I mean dude her story is brutal mm-hmm. like what a hard life you know and she came out of it and channeled it into her art and just you know really spun it around so like nope this is stuff I gotta do this is how I'm gonna help this is how I get back and just yeah it's pretty powerful so did you catch fantastic. the part that she's the reason we have the song Teen Spirit? Yes, yes, because she <laughs> she she had wrote on Kurt Cobain's walls. Kurt smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, the deodorant. <laughs> yes, that yes. is and the funniest thing in the world to me, dude. And I didn't know that, you know, until this moment. Like I always figured, okay. Smells like Teen Spirit. Okay, you know they're making reference to the deodorant, and it's going to be a song about the youth of today. I you figured know, it was like you know, like um, they're making reference to like sex, you know, or just even just sweat or something like that. Like like the, you know the excited teens at a concert sweating. 
Ah. You know. Okay. And it's definitely, well, it, okay, that's one of those songs, though, with the lyrics, like, people are still to this day scratching their heads about the lyrics well, and all that song. Well, that's why I song. like to turn out the lights, because with the lights out, it's less dangerous. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's kind of the best way to listen to music as well. So yeah, thank, thanks, thanks again. You know that was definitely a uh, a great watch. Such a great um, doc. It's such mm-hmm. a great documentary, dude. It is. It is. Okay, there is a thing. This goes back. This is what I'm going to talk about now. It was a concert in England. It's about. Almost 14 years ago, Radioactive Metal was on the air. Okay, this escaped my notice. Okay, but I think it was 2010. If I catch it, if I caught it correctly, okay. Rage Against the Machine put on a, uh, I think it was a free concert in... Idenberry Park, England, I think that's what it's called. I definitely should have wrote it down. But, um, okay, in, in North America, you have American Idol, okay, and Canadian Idol, which that's, that's long gone, and no one, no winners from Canadian Idol ever made anything of them except Never made Except anything. Rush. I hear Rush you pretty well. <laughs> Rush was in it. Actually, Alyssa White Gloose was when she uh, when she was on the show. The judges made a pass. You know, told her to go pack her bags and all that. You're you're too aggressive and all that. She's the only one that ever made her made anything of herself in uh, from Canadian Idol. Well, the British version of american idol is x factor okay even with that simon cowan guy you know that puts all these shows together um and they had a long-standing tradition in england where the winner okay would record a song and for a handful of years going on five six years that song over the Christmas break, you know, was the number one song in England. Well, there was this grassroots movement from uh, these Brit- this British music connoisseurs. I should have wrote their names down. Okay, they had enough of that bullshit. Okay, being big Rage Against the Machine fans, they started this grassroots movement. To get killing is in the name of back on the charts in England and over that Christmas break against the X Factor winner for that song to be number one in England. And Rage Against the Machine said, and this was, you know, you bought it, you bought the song off of iTunes or, you know, because I don't think streaming like Spotify or anything like that, that really wasn't much of a thing. Uh, so Rage said, you make Killing the number one song. We'll do a free concert for you. It's in Finsbury Park. In I looked it up. Finsbury. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, and it worked. 
It worked. I don't even remember who the number, who the X Factor, you know, some guy, okay, who probably doesn't have a career now anyways. And it worked. That concert is up on Thunderflix right now. Oh, nice. I'm, okay. I'm, tell, I'm telling, okay, everyone, okay, and I'm, Thunderflix is not a sponsor, okay, but for six, $6.66 a month, you get, you get concerts. Yeah, like you, it's, it's Netflix, but for aggressive music. And, yeah, like, like I said, there's, you know, the, the concert DVDs on there. There's documentaries. There's a couple movies and all that. It's totally worth it. And this is, I saw this concert. And this whole thing came to my attention. And, like, the whole time I'm scratching my head. It's like, why were we never talking about this? This is something that, you know. Yeah, I don't ever remember. We would have been all over I don't know. I guess we were asleep that year. I don't know. Must have been, dude. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. My son was born that year. So okay. Well, you had priorities. As as a new parent, you do tend to lose slight touch with the universe. Uh huh. Yes, yes, and some people don't understand that. I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but like I had friends like back then when little snowy came into the world and it's like man you don't you don't go out to the shows very much anymore we're all going out to the bars and all that like what's what's going on with you i'm like dude you know how much it costs to piss it up at a bar you know like that's if you're you're single you're still living at home you have no bills like all the money you make on your job is all disposable i'm sorry i got a family you know, and like people sometimes just don't understand that. So when you say you never had a much of a life, you know, in your your son's, you know, those first couple of years with your son, I totally relate. I totally relate. And I have friends now that are going through the same thing. And I got no problems going and visiting her because she's going through the same thing. You know, she has friends saying, you know, why don't you come by tonight and all that? We're going out. Well, I can't. You know, I don't have the money for that. And I got a little one at home. I get it. I make sure I go and visit her, you know, just so, you know, they can have an an adult to talk to, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Um, The new Fistful of Metal, at least new to North America came out this week with uh, Cannibal Corpse on the cover. And like I I buy this every time. It's quarterly, I believe. And I pick it up. I pick up every issue. But I was particularly as I'm kind of flipping through it, you know, in front of the newsstand. I'm, I'm flipping through it and it's like, Holy shit. Okay, Cannibal, fine. But this is a glossy in 2024. And you guys have articles with uh, Triumph of Death, which is basically Hellhammer 2024, and Thunderstick. 
Okay, now you remember, you know who Thunderstick is. Uh, it sounds dirty. I feel like that's code for a porn star. No, no, no. Now? That's okay. the pro wrestler Dick the Bruiser. Oh my gosh, for real? Thought, that's a I always one. thought I always thought Dick the Bruiser. Yeah, that's a hell of a porn name right there. <laughs> that really is a good porn name. Yeah, yeah. But one look at at the bruiser and trust me, yeah, I don't know how he ever got laid. But anyways. Thunderstick was um, Samson's drummer during the old new wave oh, of British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's he's still doing it. He's he's still doing it. And um, yeah, like I was stunned to see like Hellhammer and 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 Thunderstick in a modern glossy. Like this is really cool. I got I got um, I I haven't really been able to give the new issue. The you know I have I haven't really been able to read much of it, but I've kind of given it the once over. We got the and no no spoiler here, but they got the uh, top fifty albums you know of the year according to their their writers and all that. Those those lists are always a lot of fun. Uh, what else we got here? Yeah, Doro Pesh, a nice article on that, a nice article on the the um, old days of death metal. Some man of war here. You know, just a lot of really cool stuff. KK's Priest, as in KK's Downings and all that. I see Judas Priest have dropped another uh, single as well off of that new record that's coming out. Next month, the Crown of Horns. Have you heard that yet? I have not. And okay, like the first two singles, okay, and for whatever a single is these days, what's being played on the radio and a video on YouTube basically is a single these days, I guess. Um, those two tracks, okay, fantastic. I can't wait to get this record. Uh, the third song, though, like we were listening to it in the car, Mrs. Snowy and I, and we both kind of said, like, this, this song isn't really blowing much smoke up our skirts and all that. It just, you know, it's just not really connecting that well. So that made me think, OK, you know, that don't think this new record is going to fit in tonight's discussion. I think there's going to be that at least one song off the new album that uh, we might have to give the uh, skip to. But yeah, so far so good with the new Priest record. I can't wait till it comes out. And I'm hoping to find a vinyl before a CD. Like if I can't find a vinyl right away, you know, I will grab the CD and then the vinyl later on. But Priest in vinyl, like that's the way to go. For sure, for sure. Um, how about we get into some tunage now? How about that Thunderstick record? Um, Lockdown, the first single out now. Let's check that out. Once again, this is the mighty Thunderstick in 2024. Gotta love it. This is Snakebite.
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Brocast podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Brocast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
Let's go back to though that old riot girl scene. That was Seven Year Bitch with Dead Men Don't Rape. One of my all-time favorite songs, just in general. Not just from the riot girl scene, but just over the years. Like it's always been one of my favorites. And this would be a good time. You know, on Netflix, it's still up. There is a really good movie, and we I went into uh depth about it you know on, on a uh, metal fix last year the movie moxie oh, yeah, i think yeah. everyone should give, yeah everyone should give give that a viewing how uh, a young girl in today's high school okay is is noticing all the sexism and all that in her high school and she discovered that her mother was one of the original Riot Girls and found all of her old artwork and her jacket and all her old records and all that. And then the spirit of the Riot Girl scene, you know, took the fight to school, you know, against, you know, the patriarchy, shall we say. It's a really, it's a really, it's, it's a really good film, you know, just if you're, just a, even if you're just a fan of aggressive music, you're going to, Want to check that out. Okay. Metalheads. Okay. We're always more or less. We're for the most part. We're, we, we're album oriented. Yes. You know what I mean? Where more often than not, you will, will sit down. We'll listen to a full album back to front or front to back you know, as a whole, okay? Now, with streaming, you know, with the, with the Spotify and, and all that, like, probably more and more people are, you know, list, you know, um, giving individual tunes. Now, I'm sure this is more outside of the metal genre, outside of the punk genre. I think everyone is more or less you know, getting into the individual song mode as opposed to full-length albums. Well, I personally believe that Metalheads, you know, we still we still enjoy our albums, you know, especially when you find that Holy Grail album on vinyl or that new Judas Priest record comes out. You know, and you pick it up on CD, or even if you're just listening on Spotify, chances are you're listening, you know, front to back. Now, there is always going to be a certain number of albums, though, because and you can't please everybody all the time. Okay, so there's always going to be that certain number of albums that's going to have one or two dud tracks that kind of you give the skip to okay well let's let, let's kind of talk about the evolution here right okay <clears throat> yeah because if we look at the the history as a whole of of just music is you know when you had recorded music at first we really only had short recordings like the singles and things like that because that was all the medium could hold mm -hmm. you know like records were shorter 
And then, you know, when the 45 comes out, like my mom grew up and what she used to call it, she used to call it like bubblegum pop. Um, and she would talk about just how cheap <laughs> yeah. you could get a, a 45, but she had this big collection of 45s because that was how they sold music, right? Mm -hmm. The single, yeah. Yeah. Like, like that, that's how they sold music. Like the single was the big thing. Like, Hey, let's, you know, let's get the single out there. How many singles can we move? That's what they were doing. Cause it, it was fairly inexpensive and you know, these kids with some disposable income could buy it. And that's, that was their market. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, then that's also still in the AM radio era. Right. So mm -hmm. then FM comes along and FM Nobody's listening to it. Nobody knows what to do. They're, they haven't quite figured it out. And since there's nobody really watching, well, we get, you know, the FM DJs that we've come to love that are like, well, I'm going to play this deep track off this album. I'm going to do this because I don't have anybody watching me for the payola and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, for everyone's like, oh, payola is not a thing. Yeah, payola is totally hey, a thing. Payola is a thing. Ask Dick Clark. Yeah. Ask Paul Hind up here. Um, the Paolas, uh, they, the, the rock band in the 80s here in Canada, they call themselves the Paolas. Dick Clark would never have them on bandstand just because of their moniker, which I guess which I, I kind of understand. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I find that, I find that really funny. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, dude, they used to put, DJ's names as a song credit on songs so they get royalty as part of the payola. Right. Oh, oh, oh. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so as, as those things change and then, you know, they could do anything they wanted. So some of them would play an entire album side, you know, and, and that's how you got radio stations that would play in a guy to Vita all 18 minutes, you know, it's a smoke break song. Yeah. So, so is that coming? Want to go for a smoke? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so like that's coming up, and you've got this you know new push now where people are like, oh, check out the album. Well, as that's happening, and they realize that's garnering listeners. Well, then now the album becomes a focus, and the artist wants to put out an album, and, and I, I really think that's kind of still where we are. At least, at least for, for our genre, right? Because I think that all of us have grown up with an album that is <laughs> some sort of connected journey for you as the listener, right? Definitely. Um, and I, I, I just, I feel like that's a tradition that doesn't die, you know? And I mean, I, I have some albums, like for me, that are, that are even outside metal that are absolute start to finish to, to kind of kick this off. Like one of them being miles Davis's kind of blue. I think it was like from 59, you know, and I don't know if this would, I'd have to, you know, my, my buddy John will be listening to this uh, from college and he'll tell me if kind of blue is considered bebop or not, but kind of blue is just, it's one of those albums. I just love putting on. I can listen to the whole thing, but then when I was a kid and, and like just getting into guitar and listening to kiss and all this sort of stuff, Led Zeppelin two ah. is just one of those albums where I could just listen to it. Start to finish. Mm -hmm. Just start to finish. It's just been great. 
right? So, so that that that's that's what got me thinking because then um, I found this thing online called a thousand and one album generator. So. I, I, a while back, I talked about the book on this show, A Thousand and One Songs You Have to Hear Before You Die. And mm-hmm. I've been flipping through it. And there's times where I'm like, mm, no, I disagree with that. I'm like, okay, yeah, that one. like Beck, they have Devil's Haircut is like the Beck song you have to hear. I'm like, really? That one? I don't think it's that great. You know? Okay. Um, but so then they do this with albums. And so I put it in. And the first album they give me is Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors. I've never listened to it before. The album's from 1971. I put it on. And keep in mind, I'm also not a big country music fan. But mm-hmm. I listen to that album like, oh, shit, this is good. Right? Like, this is really good. But then um, the Sly and the Family Stone album that has the, the Everyday People song, I put that on. I'm like, man, I don't get the hype. Like, the Everyday People song I'm aware of, but I'm like, this isn't that great of an album. You know, because mm-hmm. that was one of the ones. And then this is going to be blasphemy. Oh. This is going to be blasphemy. But the first Clash record, that came up today. So I put it in. I'm listening to it. The opening track was Janie Jones. I'm like, oh, this is a really good song. The rest of it just sounded like uh, mumbling and noise. And I'm okay. like, my goodness, am I that old? But honestly, <laughs> the Clash has always sounded like that to me. I, I've never understood the draw to the Clash. I've never understood why everybody hails them as like these bastions of punk rock. They sound like whiny, overprivileged kids to me, right? They always have. And then I found out later that a lot of them were the kids of like you know government, parliament, that sort of stuff. Right. I'm like, okay. Like I just I don't know, I I've never I've never connected with the Clash, and I know that's blasphemy on a yeah, show like yeah, this. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> okay, now it's never been a thing. I'm sure a lot of our metal, like that, are guys and girls that are full on metal, don't really give punk or hard rock or anything much listen. I'm I'm sure they'll agree with you. Like, yeah, I never never understood you know, the whole clash thing myself, which I'm, I don't know enough clash material really to give an a point, you know, an opinion one way or another. It's just one of those bands that like, I know who they are. I know what they meant to the scene. I know their legends, the influence. And, you know, I know a handful of the songs, but you can't, I can't listen to everything, you know, something's got to give. And, the Clash, you know, was one of those bands that I had to give, you know. Yeah, they just didn't do it for me. So, that in mind, what are albums and, you know, past, present, future, whatever here. Well, I guess we mm-hmm. don't know any of the future ones yet. But, <laughs> future ones. Um, like, what, what's an album that every time you can put it on and listen to the whole thing? In fact, you prefer to listen to the whole thing uh it's definitely um the, immediately okay the very first record okay that popped into my head when we said okay how about this topic but then you know i went from that record to a whole bunch of related ones but instantly slayers raining blood okay okay like that's that a, is that's the, a good one that's that's the quintessential slayer album and 
it's like when it first came out, okay, when, you know, back in 86, 87, when it first came out, I bought the cassette. And it's not that long, although there's nine songs or whatever, like it, it's a really quick listen. It's what, 20, 28 minutes start to finish, right? The, the whole thing. The so whole you can album's put the on whole one side of the cassette. On one side, and then you flip it over, and it's you can listen to it all again. That's done. You flip it over. <laughs> okay. So here, here's like a salute to Rick Rubin for that, because he was producing that record. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was reading, oh man, was it, was it the DX Ferrex book about um, the, the Slayer stuff, you know, Rain and Blood, where they're they're getting to the end and they realize that it's less than 30 minutes. They're like, Oh my goodness. What does that mean? You know? And there are so many producers, so many record industry people that have been like, well, you're going to have to redo it. It's got to be longer. It's going to be this, it's got to be these certain things. And, you know, like I, I told you, I've been reading that Rick Rubin book on creating an art, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And dude, like, how forward thinking are you to be like, no, fuck it. Let's put the entire side of the album on the cassette. <laughs> yeah. Like and nobody had ever done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody had ever done that. Like, it, it was new to of. me. Yeah. It yeah. was new. That's the first time I had ever seen that and, and all that. And it, it works so well. Yeah. You know, I almost wish you could, do that on the vinyl because i only finally just recently just a couple weeks ago now finally after having it on cassette and then you know having to you know you up quote unquote upgrade to cds but i only recently finally got it on vinyl and i just would have loved if you could have squeezed the whole record onto one side play it in its entirety Needle picks up, flip the record, just like you, like we did with the cassette. I'd love yeah. it, but I understand. You know, I don't know all, all of the logistics about going, you know, about pressing vinyl and you know all the techno mumbo jumbo. But I understand you can't get an entire album on one side, dude. I love watching um, vinyl pressing, like when they show how they make the colored vinyl. Uh, special editions and stuff like that, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I I follow a couple different of the um, the things on my Instagram, and I I can. It's one of those things. I don't know why I can just watch it on loop. Just watch them. Just press the vinyl all day long. <laughs> what a music nerd! I am, dude. <laughs> I no, am. no, I totally get that. And kind of an extension from Ring and Blood, pretty much. Any album, any 80s album from the big four, okay, like today, I could just slap any one of those albums on, and we know which ones they are, okay, and I can just the whole thing, no problem. That's because that's the way we did it in the 80s. Yeah, and and you know, you, you bring up a good point there, because I know, like, um, Honestly, the first three Metallica records, you know, are no brainers for me. Master mm-hmm. Puppets is one. Like the other two, I can listen to songs from the other other two, but Puppets, 
I still like to just listen to that start to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was working on uh, the creature here, um, you know, I was out in the garage. I put on, I, I put on puppets and I put on 72 seasons. And I feel like there is, I can't remember if I did some sort of maiden in between, but, but those two albums specifically, because I, I, I love them both. And that's the thing is like, um, I wanted to bring up that like 72 seasons is one of those albums. That's another start to finish where I, I want to start at the beginning and listen to the whole thing. Like I don't want to stop because I just love that record so much. And it, it's great to be this late into the game, you know, personally, and also, um, a band this late in the game in their career that doesn't, necessarily even have to put music out they do it because they love it Mm -hmm. and they made such a banger like 72 seasons you know like for sure wow what a great record Mm -hmm. yeah with 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 that in mind yeah i'll throw a hardwired in that front to back as well you know because i just recently picked that up on vinyl finally and yeah, it's 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 a vinyl album, and it's an experience all its own. You gotta you you gotta give that record as a whole. Yeah, I need to give that Literally, one another spin because yeah. man, I I love the intro. Um, yeah, so one one of the first start to finish records for me, because like you know when I when I became a Kiss fan, the first a Kiss album and concert that I went to was for the Asylum concert right like that tour and Mm -hmm. that's like the first real kiss album i can remember waiting for like oh it's gonna release like i you know it's i mean there were other kiss albums i had before that but that was the first one i bought as a new release right Mm -hmm. and and that's a big deal for you like as a new music fan like oh my goodness this this is the new release you know like i still get excited for a new release you know i mean heck we were both in the midnight release party for metallica for sure you know so (laughs) But like the Asylum record, and there's a lot of KISS fans that disagree with me, but mm-hmm. that Asylum record, dude, start to finish from that first, you know, that drum intro on King of the Mountain, just, wow, it, it just takes you on a ride, dude. I just, I love uh-huh. that record so much. Right on, right on. Yeah, okay, yeah, you made me trigger something here. Rock and roll over. Like when I first got that record, well, you know, when my brother brought it home and I've told this story on the show, I didn't really even know what it was, but I, you know, I put it on and I listened to it start to finish, you know, flip it over, you know, again and then listen to it again. And that record kind of became mine. It spent more time in my collection, in my room than in my brother's. Okay. Um, I didn't know what the singles were to this day. I'm I'm thinking calling Doctor Love might have been a single. Shout it out, I guess. I you know I don't really know. I can't remember what's on what this... Rollover. Well, it's definitely one that you should. Uh, oh, dude, I have know. it, and I remember. Um, oh, okay. Do I? I have all the Kiss records on vinyl up through Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. Oh, okay. Right on, right on. Well, I recently, you know, I guess a couple of years ago, 
now i found a uh, copy of rock and roll over because i lost my brothers to the ages okay but i found an, another one i picked it up right away and i picked up where i left off you know as a seven-year-old <laughs> okay i slapped that record on front Dude. to back front to back so okay so here's the here's the triangle thing i want you yeah. I want you. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I do not know Take Me. Okay. Um, Calling Dr. Love. I think that's probably one of the big singles. That's, yeah. Hard Luck Woman, I think, was also one of the big singles off this Yeah. One. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that. And then Ladies Room. I need speech <laughs> in the Ladies Room. Like, I totally know that one. Uh, then the next two, I don't know. Baby Driver and Love Him and Leave Him. Okay. Like, I, I know I've heard them, but I, I couldn't sing them. Okay. Um, I honestly, I couldn't sing Mr. Speed either. I'm kind of disappointed in myself for that one. Um, But see you, see you in your dreams. See you, see you yeah. in your dreams tonight. Like, I know that one. And then, you know, we already said Hard Luck Woman. But then The Closer, dude, The Closer is one of my favorite live Kiss songs. Making love. Oh, okay. Such, just <laughs> oh yeah. That, this is definitely a banger of an album. It is, it is, and uh, like when people think of the Kiss collection or the discography over over the years, even though it did kind of have bigger, it did have some you know quote unquote hits. I don't know if that record is one that immediately comes to Kiss's fans minds when you say kiss collection yeah you know but it definitely it definitely does for me yeah yeah for sure for sure earlier today or earlier on the show i mentioned the new judas priest album i can't remember off the top of my head what it's it's going to be called but like i said there's already been like Three quote-unquote singles released. The latest one, uh, maybe I got to give it a couple more spins. I don't know. It's not really doing much for me. But when we heard, when Mrs. Snowy and I, when we heard Painkiller, okay, we were blown away by it. And that is just one of those banger records that just you need from start to finish there's not a dud track there's nothing that i'm going to skip pull the the needle up fast forward whatever terminology you you want to use it's just one a killer record and the first time we heard it it had it was a new release okay and it was in an hmv you remember HMV? You had those in the I, U.S. I don't know if we had had any where I was. I've heard of them. I've never set foot in one. Okay. Well, we were we we spent a lot of time in HMVs together. Okay, and just buying music together and all that. And they had the play copy of Painkiller, and we pretty much just hung out in that store just to continue listening to this record. I don't think we got the whole the whole record in okay but yeah we listened to most of it and we made sure that uh that we walked out with a copy of that nice man 
Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Painkiller, my favorite priest record. You know what? I- I'm going to say the same thing for Defenders of the Faith as well. That that was an absolute banger of an album. And just slap it on, start to finish. Even though, you know, there were, you know, the singles, the hits. Every song on that is an absolute hit. Okay, so as, since as we're well. talking about Judas Priest... The bassist is Ian Hill. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> still. He just still. turned 70. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you see, I There's don't know. Okay. If, yeah. if your stage presence is reflective of your lifestyle, and I'm not, I, I'm only saying this because I guess he just doesn't crave the spotlight on stage. Okay. But he would live to be 500 <laughs> if you're his presence, because like he was always in the back, tried not to be noticed. He was there, you know. He's very like, much an in the pocket player. Like he's not a yeah. flashy player, but he's solid as hell, man. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's well, a legend. But I, I just... saw something where there somebody was wishing him a happy birthday, and it says something with him being in his 70s. I'm like, what? How old is Judas Priest? And then I'm like, how old's Iron Maiden? Because I always thought Iron Maiden and Judas Priest were around well, the same age. And, you know, Steve Harrison isn't even 60 yet. You got to remember if uh, any band that goes back to. 74 is 50 years old now. Well, yeah, but I mean, so when did when did Maiden start then? They were in the 70s, oh, right? Yeah, not yeah, um late 70s okay. they first started. I, it, I guess yeah. it never quite registered well, for me. new wave of British, yeah, they were new wave of British heavy metal that scene. They were okay. one of the spearheads. So for whatever 70, reason, Judas Priest feels a, a, like a 1980s start date for me every time. Ah, and, okay, and I know well, that's... that's wrong, and you know, but just <laughs> like some, somehow that's just the association in my mind. So I was that's just like, "Holy the... cow, Judas Priest is in their 70s." Yeah, yeah. Well, Priest really benefited from the video boom. Okay, because they, they had solid albums all through the 70s, and, you know, of course, British Steel, you know. Um, but I think it was You Got Another Thing Coming and oh, the yeah. video for it. Like, that's, that was the album that non-fans noticed and became fans, you know. That, it was that album and that, and that song. You know, I have to admit that's where I just because I'm that age. I was that age, you know, like I knew before going metal full time, I knew who Judas Priest were. I really didn't know much about their music or or anything, but it was the Screaming for Vengeance album where it's like, oh, OK, this is what that priest is and all that. And then a couple of years later, I just fell in love with them. And oh, yeah, it's, I remember that album coming out. Yeah, it's still... Still, still today, still today. It's just, I'm, it's crazy to think a band, and I mean, what, Ozzy's got to be in his 70s now too, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's weird to think that these guys are aging. They're they're forever in my mind. They're forever like 40. 
you know, uh-huh. it just, <laughs> you know, it's just like, what? Like, I just can't, I just can't fathom it. It's just like, wow. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like time, time, time is catching up with us. Speaking of priest, I'm just yeah. going to throw out, throw this out there. If you haven't seen this yet, you haven't heard this yet, but remember Bonnie Tyler's totally eclipse of the heart. Yes. Okay, Rob Halford and Doro Pesh redo that together. And when? It's, Recent? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like just, just wow. late okay. late last year or some some sometime last year. Yeah, it was one of those songs, you know, I had my phone plugged in to the car and then like I saw it. I'm like, really? Well, when did this happen? Okay, so I we started playing it and you know mrs snow is like okay this is totally clips but is that rob halford yeah it's rob halford and doro and she's like no way yeah it's like, and it's it's just it's gorgeous it's gorgeous so yeah everybody radioactive metal homework give give that track a uh a spin yeah speaking of music that um you know like like painkiller okay and like bands like annihilator anthrax megadeth um i introduced uh merciful fate to the missus and uh i just those those first two full-length albums melissa okay and then the following don't 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 break the oath Okay, those are those two albums that are, they're heavy, fast, aggressive. Okay, but I don't know, for some reason, she kind of gravitated to those as well. And those, those, those are two albums, front to start, the whole thing is an absolute experience. Okay, and that continued on after i met my wife and you know we would spend more than one night just kicking back and listening to music and more often than not together those those two records you know made up our our playlist and there were yeah and once again those are two albums that you need to give the listen to com- completely i don't even think there was any real singles that were ever released from those records, at least not officially. So yeah, Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath, and Melissa. Great stuff. I don't imagine you're you're much of a Merciful Fate fan over the years. I've never really been a big Merciful Fate fan. Um, I was familiar with King Diamond and Abigail. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like, yeah, no, there's not a ton of stuff I know by them. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I know you're familiar with DRI. Yes. Now there's some, there's that's, you know, they have they had their quote unquote hit suit and tie guy beneath the wheels and all that. But one of my all time favorite records is dealing with it. You know, to this day, and I remember as a teenager. Like that record got me through high school. Okay, that and Minor Threat, the first album. Uh, like to this day, 
I can just put that record on. And there's what, 500 songs on this record. Okay. To this day. Yeah. I, I can put it on front, front to back. It hasn't gotten old. And even though they're all short songs, or even though there's a lot of them, they're shorter and it, it goes by pretty quick. It goes by pretty quick. And it just, it's, uh, it's an album that was kind of a, a reflection of the times, you know, the whole crossover scene, you know, how, you know, hardcore and metal, you know, especially up here, holy shit, punk and hardcore, punk and, uh, and metal. Ugh, ugh. It was a bad, it was a bad combination, but along comes bands like DRI and COC and all of a sudden, you know, you got metal heads with GBH shirts on and, punk bands discovering motorhead and you know how long that has lasted for and all that and dri is just one of those bands and dealing with it is just one of those records fantastic so for me it's uh thrash art okay yeah um, or thrash zone or whatever the the one the one with the the warning thing on the front (laughs) right yeah right yeah, no, I haven't given that a spin for a while, but man, the song "Beneath the Wheels" and the video for that, like every metalhead could relate to that in high school, and it it worked. It works. I'm 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 gonna have to pull pull that one out. It's 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 been a while. Uh, the Dead Kennedys. Okay, like their bedtime for democracy. That was that was their big record, and I enjoy it back to front. But really, for me, when it when when I think of the idea of what we're talking about, it the In God We Trust EP. Okay, it's only it's only six songs, but they work so well together, and it just makes for that short short experience but it's full it it gives you a full experience and it makes you want to go back more and more and of course that's that was the ep with nazi punks fuck off on it and that's to this day is one of my all-time favorite songs so yeah the the dead kennedys and god we trust ep for sure and i'm gonna round out my list because i do want to uh we threw it out onto my Facebook page and on the Radioactive Metal page. Um, other people's contribution to the uh, conversation, so I want to get to that. But one of my all-time favorite bands, speaking about 80s punk, is Canada's Death Sentence. They're Not a Pretty Sight EP and the uh, Stop Killing Me album. Okay, it's just both, both of those. Like to this day, I can slap I can slap those on, and I'm a 16 year old angry punk again, which I some people might argue that I am a 53 year old angry punk, okay, and I'll take it. But those records, man, yeah, I I'll slap them on back to front. It's amazing. It's 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 absolutely fantastic, and that is definitely a a recommend to all of the younger listeners. Okay, 
Death Sentence, okay, those two records, I would definitely recommend it fully. What do you got here? Uh, well, I think I've covered most of them, right? Okay. And and I'm, I'm not sure if this falls into this category, but it always has for me. Live After Death. And I know it's <laughs> it's a live album, and sometimes, you know, some people are going to technically consider that almost a greatest hits. But let's face it, we've all been to concerts where the set list is like, okay, these aren't all my favorite songs. And I, I just think that Live After Death is like one of the perfect records, man. Mm-hmm. At the very least for a live album. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. And that's that's Maiden at their peak, I guess, if you, you know, or at least in terms of their of their popularity, I guess. Although, I guess in terms of album sales and, you know, that was Maiden's peak. But Maiden, to this day, is still huge. They're still playing stadiums. They're still playing arenas. You know, like a lot of their new music, you know, maybe people aren't giving it much, much of a chance. But on the live front, they still rule the world. And I, you know. You know what? Now you say that, Sinjitsu. Is that is that what it was called? Sinjitsu? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the last one. I'm like, boy, I hope I'm not screwing that up. Dude, that's another album that was a modern album that I just love it so much. You well, know? That's awesome. That's- I, I, like I just start to finish, I would put that whole thing on. I just really, really enjoy that record, man. Extra cool points to you. Oh, it's, just I just I that. love when Man, I just love when there's still new music coming out, you know. Mm-hmm. But like even like um like Anthrax, like An- Anthrax was one of those bands that I hung on with all through the '90s when uh-huh. pe- people were abandoning them left and right. And I think the only album I didn't buy was "We've Come for You All." Oh, okay, you know, and that was somewhere in the, like the, the mid 2000s, you know. Uh, and and I think that was just because at that point that was like the third reunion. People are in and out, and they're you know all the fighting and stuff. It's like oh goodness, okay, I'm just over over the drama. And then <laughs> they get Joey back. No, yeah, Joey. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they get Joey back, and they do worship music. And I remember the first time putting that record on when it came out and just thinking like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. It was, dude, it's just so good start to finish. I just listened to it again start to finish. I'm going to have to pull it out again. I love that record. And it's, I mean, you know, and and when we say it's a modern record, like, I mean, I think it's still like in the 2010s, you know, somewhere there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think I think Anthrax is also working on a new record. I hope so. Yeah, dude, you see did you see Scotty and just turned 60? Uh, that no, but I can I can see it, yeah. Well, it was on New Year's Eve and Dean Del Rey was there. Um, which I thought was super cool because like on his podcast he gave the play by play of the birthday party. So um, Scott comes in. They he comes into the birthday party, 
in the original 1960s Batmobile. Oh, wow. And then he proceeds to put on like a three hour uh, concert for his friends playing all his favorite songs in chronological (laughs) order. That's showman. Right on. I'm just like, that's the thing to do. Like, like you know, like, what do you want to do for your 60th birthday? I want to play all my favorite songs. Like, <laughs> who says that? You know, like, that's, ah, man. You know, th- like, we always say there's a reason we love the artists that we love. And, you know, it comes back to w- w- what I opened up with, which is saying, like, there's we, we connect through the music, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's definitely, there, there's this, it's a different language, right? And it just... I, I just totally vibe with these guys, man. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Since the first record, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I was I I kept the faith with Anthrax all through the '90s myself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I said, I put it out there on the on the interwebs, on the socials, and all that, and I got some cool f- feedback. First yeah. of all, um, my buddy here. In the local scene, Mr. Peter Max, he threw out Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Oh, that's a real good that's, one. That's 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 a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much pretty much any maiden album from the first one all the way up to Fear of the Dark, maybe, even 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 beyond. Probably any maiden album will definitely work. I want to say hello. And thank you to Jason McNaughton. He's in uh, both a uh, local metal band, Spectre, and a local punk band, Hippo, which I want to know we've played Hippo at some point in the past. We better get on it and get some Spectre going. He uh, he contributed op- Operation Mindcrime from Queensryche. Which I got to give him lots of props because he's on the younger side. Yeah. You know, so, and I love that. I love that. Like when I see young kids in the scene, you know, and they've got, you know, their, their shirts reflect the eighties bands, old, old Testament and, you know, the puppets album and all that. And it's like, I absolutely love seeing that. And I remember I don't have mind crime, okay, but I I know of the of the legacy and I know what it brought to the table, the concept album and all that, and it 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 was over huge back then. Yeah, well. it was a big yeah. deal. It was never a thing for me, but yeah. All right, and that's a good suggestion. Queensryche, uh, I don't know if they just dropped a new record, but once well, again, Queensryche. Well. Well, uh, there's there's Jeff Tate's Queensryche, which is him and some studio musicians, and then there's the real Queensryche with uh, who, um, uh, what's his name now? The dude from TT Quick from the eighties. He's no idea. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, that's the real Queensryche, and they recently did a uh, a cover of Rebel Yell. Huh. Okay, and it it really and it doesn't stray too far from the from the original. Once again, 
we're in the car because, you know, Mrs. Snowy and I, Saturday afternoons, you know, we listen to a lot of music in the car together. And I found it on the phone. I press play. And she's like, OK, this is Rebel Yell. But that's that's not Billy Idol. No, <laughs> oh, no, that's that's Queensryche. And she knows enough Queensryche to know that that's not Jeff Tate either. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're right. That's, you know, Tate's been out of the band now probably for longer than he's been in the band. And then there, there's maybe a, uh, there, there's a, a discussion there in the future. Okay. Bands that have key members, but have been around now longer without that key member. You know what I'm saying? That are that are still doing it, and we don't think of them being out of the band for that long. So something to think about. That that would be a good one because you've got you've already got me thinking. I'm like, would Kiss be in that one? You know. Well, okay. How long has Ace and Chris been out? Well, I guess it depends on which time. Okay, well, okay. Well, see, this is something to discuss down the yeah, line. Yeah, you're right. And that's going to be a lot of math. Yeah, yeah. An old Carry an old on. an old school punk metaler from Winnipeg here and hell of a skater and BMXer, Mr. West Tully, hey dude. He uh he contributed Ace of Spades. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, there there's a great one. Number of the Beast and Peace of Mind. Oh, dude, peace of yeah. mind. Yeah. I need to go back and give that a spin. <laughs> yeah, kind of. While you're doing that, okay, go on the YouTubes, okay, because we found one of those mashup songs. Okay. With the music of the trooper, but the but the vocals from Michael Jackson's Beat It. You know, and oh, wow. I tell you, man, beat it has never sounded so good. <laughs> it's I, I, it's I really, really good. Things like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we we also found another one. Um, Black Sabbath's "Paranoid," and with uh, the Who's "Who Are You," oh, it works so well. Just go find mashups and okay. go, go down that laundry list. There's some really cool stuff. There's some really cool stuff. Uh, Mrs. Snowy contributed something here. King Diamond's Them. Okay, the concept album. And I remember just like those first, those Merciful Fate records. Okay. Abigail, which was, and I'm going to contribute that as well. That is a awesome concept album and story that you got to listen to, you know, front to back. But Abigail and them, okay, those are in, in throughout, you know, that's the second and third albums from King Diamond. And slap those albums on, listen to the whole thing, both of them, kind of make an evening of it, like a double feature, you know, like you would watch a movie in the drive-in. Yeah, double feature picture show. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> Give these two albums with the lyrics, make a pot of coffee, sit down with the lyrics, listen to both albums, okay, back to back, 
taking the stories of each and it's like like I said, it's like a night of of a double feature. I think I think that's if I'm home Saturday night, I think that's what we're gonna do. Nice so, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Mr. John Ware. Hey man. He's uh he's a longtime listener of the show. Well, dude, that's my buddy from college. Oh, okay. That that's that the one who that. I said is is gonna correct me if um kind of blues bebop or not. Oh, okay. Uh, see, I didn't know that. I just yeah. thought he was a longtime listener because he wasn't connected to me. Yeah. I just yeah, no, he, he is a longtime listener, and um, okay. he's he's a sax player too. Oh, I did not know that either. Yeah. Well, that's that's absolutely fantastic. Which would kind of um, explain his um, his choices here because they're kind of varied. Um, he chose the first Boston album. Oh, that's for, a good one. For, for kind of yeah. start to finish, I'm not too familiar. With Boston outside of the hits and all that, so maybe that's something. Dude, that, that first record that is definitely sit down, put that on, start to finish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm that, going that's to. something. Going to. Right on, right on. He also throws "Among the Living" out there okay. as well. I totally get that. That's yeah. one of those dozen albums, I guess, from the Big Four from the '80s. That's definitely in the thick of things. And this was a surprise contribution. Living Color's second album, Time's Up. He threw Ooh. he he threw that out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember too much about it. I, don't I haven't given it haven't given it a spin. I bought it when it first came out. I enjoyed it and all that, but then it just kind of it has kind of left my head. I think that's another record that i should give a spin to and that first one okay like oh oh the cult personality is just fantastic stuff yeah and finally i want to say hello to gerald katie okay he he gave us four submissions here and you know he started off with judas priest's uh painkiller okay and I'm, you know, all the reasons why. Okay. Molly Cruz, Too Fast for Love. Okay. Now, I remember when that first came out, even though, like, it's hair. Okay. And it would be real easy with hair metal and even 70s glam and all that to fall into the, the pattern of just listening to one or two of the main songs and all that. So, I'm... You know, horns up, buddy, for uh, for that contribution. He was uh, he mentioned uh, Mashuga's "Destroy, Erase, Improve" and Carcass's "Surgical Steel." Oh, nice, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I see we have uh, we have some smart listeners here that uh, you know are well schooled in the music and uh, are it's it's varied as well. You know, and that's always good to see. Now, normally, I like to wrap up a discussion with music somewhat relevant to it. Okay, and I had I had some ideas, but then I thought, no, you know what? I'm not going to play anything because we're talking about 
full albums. Okay. So I'm not just going to drop just one track off of one of these albums. That just didn't, ah, that isn't. Uh, so you're going to play to, all of Rain and Blood. I'm going to play all of Rain and Blood. No, no. But what we are going to do is we're going to introduce everyone to a cool new band in tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Speaking of Bastin, let's go there right now. I discovered a cool, I well, new-ish, because they just recently released their second DIY record. Ravage. Here's an old school 80s name. It's not it's not the Ravage from back in the day and I'm sure over the years there's been a number of Ravages. This is a new one. New record Spider of on the World. Really good rec really good record. I was actually cranking it earlier today, so let's get right into some good old-fashioned trad metal as we like to call it. This is Ravage with Ravage in Peace.
www.ravageswwr, all one word, .bandcamp.com, and then facebook.com slash Ravage the Earth with Ravage the and Earth with capitals. I don't know if that makes any difference. Like when you're looking up, you know, when you're going to to a website like I just gave out, okay? If they if you don't capitalize the R's, the T's, and the E's, would that make a difference? I do not think that websites are case sensitive. Okay, okay. I did I didn't think so either, but you're the computer genius. I rely on you to explain this stuff to me. I just thought it was kind of weird why they capitalized them. Probably just to be, you know, different. Just to, to be more metal. To make it stand out to you. Uh, that's right. Which yeah, yeah, I guess it kind of worked because this was an absolute standout band. Great stuff, great stuff. Go there, check them out. Fantastic stuff. Well, my friend, thank you once again. Sitting down, taking time out of your Monday night to sit down. I think, um, like my dad always said as well, learn something new every day. And I think you you gave me an education with, uh, with some stuff here tonight. And I like to think that every time we sit down, you teach me something, I teach you something, and we teach our listeners something as well. So uh, let's keep up the good work all throughout the new year. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemethyl.org. That's all the episodes past, present, and future. You can find us anywhere you can find a podcast, um, Apple Podcast app, Spe Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever Google does, any of those. If you want to see pictures of things that we do at RadMetal666 on Instagram, Facebook.com slash RadMetal, right? Uh, we've been getting mm -hmm. better at posting stuff there. Snowy's always posting his geek haul, and that's yeah. going to help me keep up with these great comics that I keep missing. Thanks for posting the Cat Wolf. Yeah. I got to keep up with all this stuff. I was just at, what did I just pick up? I was just at the monster just the comic shop are you you're still going to monster comics no no it's captain's comics Mo monster uh, music is the record monster shop. music yeah. right okay but captain's comics what did i just pick up the godzilla versus justice league no because i couldn't find that one. Oh, dude get on it oh man there's a uh, dude like, there's just all these things anyway that's completely a tangent from what we we're talking about so um you can drop us a line ratmetal666 at gmail.com and then you can find us on spotify and the reason you can find us there is because of the fine folks at i, I almost said radioactive metal that's us i mean the shining wizards network oh dude Apparently, hardly find folks here dude, apparently my my brain has just had it tonight mm -hmm. my brain is hanging upside down um, 
I saw what you did there. Uh, you well, yeah, but then I totally just like I'm like, what am I doing? Oh my goodness, Alzheimer's, dude. The th the threat is real. The Shining Wizards Network. Thank you, Shining Wizards Network. <laughs> ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. A whole host of lifestyle podcasts, wrestling podcasts, us, a wrestling night in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So go guys. out there, support yeah. those guys, give them all a listen. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny, like, when, when I started joining in with this stuff, I could give a rat's ass about wrestling. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, as, as, as time marches on here, like, you know, our former co-host Rock still posts a ton of stuff on Instagram mm -hmm. with all the stuff he he's goes to, like, is it the New Japan Wrestling, I think, that's down there? Uh, NXT, WWF, but NXT. I think there's also New Japan. Isn't there some New Japan um, There's he was at another event. I don't know which one it was, but he posted a picture of himself with fellow French Canadian speedball Mike Bailey. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little green with about that. Bailey, Bailey's a fantastic wrestler, yeah. but then between you guys and now my buddy Aiden, like. I, I may just start, you know, crawling into this world. Who knows? <laughs> you know, at the very least, I'll be a casual fan that can appreciate it respectfully, we'll say. Well, well maybe maybe we should get you on Wrestling Night in Canada just to talk about taking the first few steps into it and discovering and what it's like. And we'll pick your brain about that, well, maybe. I'll tell you what I think I would like. Is I think what I would like to see would be like a local pro wrestling show. Oh, okay. Where oh, yeah. it's like 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 just guys in the neighborhood here, but but not like the crazy stuff that Ducky goes to see where they end up in the um, ER. Yeah, the you death know, like shit. like just just yeah. like see like a real pro wrestling show, but like on the local level. Like I I, I think I might appreciate that. Because mm -hmm. um, I gotta say, man, like. You know, the more I talk to you guys and the more I learn about this stuff, it, it really is like athletics, performance art. It is. And, and yeah. rock and roll all in the same mm -hmm. kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Don't don't say don't say fake. Predetermined, yes, but fake no. You know, like those guys are out there killing themselves. Hey, it's as fake it's as tough. football. <laughs> Well, some people might be questioning the legitimacy of that, but that's that's a whole other I've thing. I've watched people carry it off the field in the stretchers. So, you know. Oh, oh no, I was just thinking in terms of who's going to win and lose. Oh, well, dude. All that, like, did you see? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I do think, 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 I'm starting to think that's, that's scripted too. A friend of mine posted something. Some clip she came across where somebody was already talking about the winners of the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw something to the, to that effect as well. Yeah, and now it's a meme making its way. I don't know yeah. if that's how it ended up, but it's but, like, how do you know this? But here's the thing, hmm. right? So if that if if there's any validity to that at all. The funny part is that there's still going to be people that'll say, yeah, of course it is. They're always faking that, blah, 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 ripping us off. But they're going to believe everything else the media says is true. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't trust anybody, man. 
I know now I sound like, like I'm going to put my tinfoil hot ba- hat back on and go to bed here. Uh, I believe you. You know when a politician is lying? His lips are moving. When his lips are moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's bring this crazy train into the station. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a front to the back episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.